Good day, world. Good day, good day, good day. <laughs> good day, good day, good day. Welcome back to my podcast. Good day, beautiful people. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is History Today with Onik. And my name is Onikoi Ayomide. I hope your day is going well. Yeah, I do hope your day is going well. Today, I want to tell you about one of the most influential scientists in history. I want to tell you about a man who is popularly referred to as the father of electricity. I want to tell you about a man who is known by some as the father of electrical engineering. I want to tell you about an English scientist who has contributed or who contributed so much to the world that he cannot be overhonored. I want to tell you about a blacksmith's son, Michael Faraday. I'm sure a lot of people have heard that name and a lot of people know his story. And there's some people like me who have heard the name and do not know the story. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. Michael Faraday, like I said, was a blacksmith's son, and he was born on the 22nd of September in 1791 to James and Margaret Faraday. He was the third of four children, and according to neighbors, he was the perfect image of an ordinary boy. His family was a his father, I mean, was a sickly blacksmith, and his family struggled financially. As a result, Michael could not get more than a basic education at the local church which his family attended, and thus he had to educate himself. At 13, Michael took a job as a messenger boy for a local bookseller. And at 14, he was promoted into the role of apprentice bookbinder. Beautifully, he did not stop there. He did not just bind books. He also read the books. In his seven years apprenticeship, he read many books, most of which were scientific and mind-challenging. And subsequently, he developed a special interest in electricity. In 1812, when Michael was 20, and at the end of his apprenticeship, a man named William Dance gave him tickets for a series of lectures in London. Now, William Dance was not a scientist. No, he was an instrumentalist. But he was also a customer and he had discussed one of the books with Michael and he was so taken by Michael's enthusiasm and thus, so, therefore, <laughs> he gave him those tickets. Now, these lectures took place at the Royal Institution of Great Britain by John Tatum, who is the founder of the City Philosophical Society and Sir Humphrey Davy, who was the United Kingdom's top scientist at the time. Michael, who was already an admirer of Sir Humphrey Davy's works, eagerly attended all four lectures, and afterwards, he sent a 300-page book 
<laughs> which he bound by himself. Now, the book was based on notes which he had taken during the lecture and his own observations. He sent the book to Humphrey Davy and he also requested for a job as his assistant. Davy was kind enough to reply immediately, but he turned Michael down. Well, rather politely. Yeah, he turned him down politely. Anyway, life went on. And in 1831, Davy damaged his eyesight in an accident with in an accident with nitrogen trichloride. Yeah, as a result, and because he was so impressed by Michael when he read the book, he employed Michael as an assistant. And then Michael became a chemical assistant at the Royal Institution. He even gave Michael a room to live in at the Royal Institution. A year later, Davy invited Michael to join to accompany himself and his wife on an 18-month European tour on which Michael met many influential scientists. In the years that followed, Michael continued to work at the Royal Institution, helping Davy and the other scientists and also making research of his own. In 1821, he published his work on electromagnetic rotation, which is the principle behind the electric motor. He also married Sarah Barnard, whom he met in church. Yeah, as a result of their families. Like, yeah, he met her through their families. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, in the years that followed, he gave many lectures based on his research and he established his reputation as the the outstanding scientific lecturer of his time. At the same time, Michael was a deacon in the church and an elder in the meeting house of the youths. In 1831, Michael discovered electromagnetic induction, which would be referred to till this day as his most famous achievement. This discovery, which is the principle behind the electric transformer and the generator, which was also crucial sorry, was also crucial in allowing electricity to be, trans- to be transformed from a curiosity into a powerful new technology. Building on his discovery, Michael went on to invent the first electric motor, the first electric transformer, the first electric generator, and the first dynamo thus paving the way for the use of electricity on a large scale. On this day in 1831, yeah, on the 28th of October, he demonstrated the use, uh, yeah, the use of his dynamo invention, which is an electrical generator for the first time. Yep. For the rest excuse me for the rest of the 1830s he worked tirelessly on developing his ideas about electricity in his kitchen which yeah in his basement kitchen which he turned into a laboratory and a workshop in the early 1840s 
Friday's health began to deteriorate and he did less research, but he was still very prolific. He was a professor of chemistry at the Royal Institution and he held many honorary positions in different academies. Friday in his lifetime turned down knighthood recognition for his services to science. He believed that it was against the word of the Bible to accumulate riches and pursue worldly reward, stating that he wanted to remain just Mr. Friday till the very end. Consequently, he never registered any patents or tried to make money from any of his inventions. He always said he was driven by the need to find out and was quoted saying, I can at any moment convert my time to money, but I do not require more of the latter than is sufficient for necessary purposes. Yeah, he did not require too much money. Worthy of note is the fact that all energy sources and electric power used across the globe today, till today, relies on Faraday's research and inventions from 200 years ago. He died in 1867 at the age of 75 and he's buried in a modest grave. Now, why that is a why that is information is because while he was alive he was asked if he wanted to be buried in the westminster abbey alongside kings and queens and even isaac newton and he refused so yeah he's buried in a modest grave even though beside uh, um, isaac newton's tomb in um What's it called? In Westminster Abbey, there's a memorial plaque for him. Now, also worthy of note is the fact that among the three scientists' pictures in uh, Albert Albert Einstein's office, yep, Michael Friday's was one of them. He was referred to, he is, was, yeah, referred to as an excellent experimentalist who conveyed his ideas in clear and simple language. Yep, that is literally the summary of Michael Faraday's life history. Yeah, he also did not have any children. Yeah, that is the history. Yeah, short history of Michael Faraday's life. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Until tomorrow, remain blessed. Bye.